Todd Bates. Come on. Everyone, someone, Todd Bates, let's go. Early leader for KREF Recruiter of the Month for the month of June. He's at least on the board for everyone else. Did, did anyone else repeat it, Parker? Did you hear any other Todd Bates to lead off the show today? No, but I heard a sucks <laughs> from the recruiting doomer oh, and man. Todd Bates' nemesis on the text line. Unbelievable. Hey, Todd Bates, early favorite for KREF Recruiter of the Month. He gets a transfer portal defensive lineman, by the way, of the University of Tennessee. I guess uh, he actually started his career at Kansas, he correct? He yeah. That is true. So, hey, nine starts with the Vols. Dejon Terry heading to Oklahoma with two years of eligibility remaining. Even though I read a story yesterday, um, some Tennessee blog, or maybe that was my first mistake, that said one year of eligibility remaining. Two years of eligibility remaining for Terry. And honestly, Parker, if you're like not a household name in college football, everyone's so confused about who has, <laughs> you know, like even if you have one year of eligibility left, just say, yeah, I got two left. And then no one will probably even know with all the confusion that's going on. In uh, sport. We're, we're getting close to not having to deal with the COVID-19 eligibility freeze in our rearview mirror. But yes, it does provide some confusion every time we're trying to figure out XYZ graduate transfer and his eligibility that he has remaining. So we're not talking about um, an immediate plug-and-play all-Big 12 player here. What what are we really talking about for Dejon Terry? Are we talking about a starter in the interior of your defense at six foot four, 320 pounds? Are we talking about a rotational player? I, I guess what's immediate expectations to your newest uh, portal ad? I don't know, man. Like... He was a spot starter at Tennessee, so it, it I'm really kind of befuddled as to what the expectations should be for DeJon Terry because you look at that interior offensive line room or defensive line room, excuse me, at Oklahoma, and there's just not a whole lot of, well, how do I phrase this to be fair to all of the parties involved? You don't see any true difference makers sure. amongst no, that that's, group right it's, now. It's fair. My right question now. is, is DeJon Terry a true difference maker? Or is he just another guy that's going to compete for well, the Well, based on his now, past, he's, he's not. I mean, yeah. or at least he hasn't been. Now, look, I don't think you can have too much competition in that room right now just because there's nobody standing out. So, if you can get a body like Terry, and we talked about it throughout the week, then great. I don't think he was one that uh, you were going to wring your hands over if he didn't pick Oklahoma. But he is a Sooner now, and he's going to be in the mix to play. I don't know how much. It's hard to – it's really hard to throw darts right now at that group as a whole and pick who the most likely candidates are to start and or to play because Jordan Kelly's probably got the most experience in an Oklahoma uniform. I like Co. Isaiah Coe's probably got the highest yeah. ceiling. Uh, Kelvin Gilliam is probably the X factor, the biggest question mark because of his injury history and the fact that he hasn't been 100% healthy yet, but that is a former top 100 overall recruit. And then you have a transfer in Devon Sears that has to make the jump from G5 competition to P5 football. And I just want to, like, first off, before we get anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, text line, huh? Before we get Got anywhere else already, everybody's asking, what happened with Jacob Lacey? Is he still on the roster or what? Shana Newcastle asked, is Lacey a locker room problem? No, no he's not no, a locker this, room problem. This is not an off-field issue with Jacob Lacey at all. This is as much as I'm willing to say on it, uh, about it right now, but it's a medical situation that has become 
the concern with Jacob Lacey, and it's threatening to take away his availability for the 2023 season. So uh, all of the gnarly details, I'm sure, will come out in due time. I'm not going to be the one to throw chum to the sharks, but Dejon Terry and potentially Phil Pye give you two more guys that could theoretically contend for snaps along the likes of Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe and Grayson Halton and Kelvin Gilliam, as well as the incoming transfer from Texas State and Devon Sears. Uh, Ronnie Crimson tweeted me today and said, Recruiting Doomer 1, been real quiet since this drop, talking about uh, Terry. Uh, well, here it is. I said, I expect to hear from him at 2.08. He texted in at 2.07 today. Okay, hold up. We get Terry, and all of a sudden Bates is forgiven for all? With the loss of Lacey, Bates better hope Terry is the new Brian Brzee. Laughing well, face emoji. <laughs> well, the text is on brand, if nothing else. Uh, no, uh, uh, here, here's how I, I look at the situation with Terry. Like, does he have a chance to start? Yeah, I think he has a chance to start. Yeah. I think that they're going to have to figure that out once they get to training camp. Honestly, I think in terms of interior guys, there could be, you know, I don't want to say several, but multiple guys that could end up starting this year throughout the season. You, you know, I whoever whatever starters you find, I think that could change as the year goes on. I Terry did have some options. I, I don't think that he's coming here without knowing that he's got a real good chance to play right away. You, you know, that's that's kind of how I read into that situation. Yeah, and I would imagine he looked at that group and looked at the starting experience or lack thereof amongst those candidates to replace Jalen Redmond and Jeffrey Johnson and said, hey, you know what, even if I'm not the clear alpha dog in this room, I'm going to bet on myself because I know that there's not anybody else amongst this group right now that has as much starting experience as I do. The question um, I immediately had is like, okay, good get. Um, it's yeah, You're looking for D-line help. That's about as you know good as you're going to find right now in the portal. Sure. Is Philip Paya now a take from Utah State? And it sounds like the answer to that is is yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. So, so. you could be having uh, you could have two defensive linemen. We thought OU was done with the portal what a week and a half ago. Maybe. Well, we first learned about Philip Paya uh, last Thursday. So yeah. we thought. I mean, even yeah, about a week and a half ago, OU's probably done in the portal, and they may add three more new names by the time it's all said and done with Terry, with Philip Paya, and then Josh Wallace, the two-time team captain at UMass, who plays corner. For the sake of clarity, uh, from the uh, from the four hundred five, and I'm, I imagine this is a text that we'll get. Well, not necessarily next week or sometime later this month but throughout the summer I imagine we'll get it we'll get text similar to this so when the portal closes it doesn't actually close no basically what happens is on May 1st you can't enter into the transfer portal anymore but Correct. if you're already in the portal then there's no deadline on when you can commit and or enroll so you can hang out in the portal as long as you want to or uh, for as short of a duration of time as you want. Or, or in That's the case kind of, of Dylan Gabriel, you can actually show up to the other school <laughs> and then end up playing for another school once the season actually rolls around. If you haven't been um, enrolled in class for a certain number of time, I, I, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, to enter into the portal, that's already closed. To pick a school, you can do that in, what, June or July, I guess, basically, if if you want to. Cherokee Sooner says, well, fellas, it's over for me. He sends a picture of he and his bride 
died with their marriage license. So congratulations, Cherokee Sooner. Very big moment in your life. Congratulations. Cherokee Sooner, KREF Recruiter of the Month over Todd Bates it's now. The, uh, it's the summer of nuptials for the KREF Army. It really up is. Up in here. Come on. Great stuff. <laughs> Ethan Downs is getting married, too, next month. So Awesome. Ethan Downs, honorary member of the KREF Army. Uh, Broken Arrow Fat Boy, three-star, third-stringer from Tennessee, yawn emoji. Three yawn emojis, excuse me. Yeah, again, like, and I'm, I'm not trying to oversell the addition of Dijon Terry because is he the clear plug-and-play starter defensive tackle? No, and I still have my questions as to whether there are any difference makers amongst the defensive tackle group at Oklahoma right now, but at the very least... He's as good of an option as you will find currently available in the portal. Uh, 405, is there really much to be excited about? Don't know anything about the kid. I, look, I I came in joking like, because some of you like to troll Todd Bates. Todd Bates gets, honestly, an ad on the defensive line that like, you feel good about Philip Paya at this very moment that he's going to choose OU. And you yeah. felt that way for the past week. That wasn't really the case for DeJon Terry, you know? So no. it was, in, in a lot of ways, a surprising get that you got him. And I, when it rolled down today, I said, oh, okay, great news. Nice. Yeah, no, it, like, it's, it's a remarkable pull by Todd Bates because I think the consensus school of thought with DeJon Terry was that he was going to pick somewhere that was closer to home. But... Oklahoma was able to break down whatever inhibitions he had, and you add another body at defensive tackle. And, look, I get that you don't have – everybody's got 85 scholarships, so you're not necessarily handing out freebies to anybody who wants to come. But given that he's going to spend at most two years in an Oklahoma uniform, if he doesn't pan out, this isn't a long-term commitment either. I know Tennessee was a better football team than OU last year, but you'll still understand the reference. I, I just have to say that before people say, well, hell, why are you calling him a triple-A team? OU was the triple-A team last year. It does feel like Tennessee is the uh, triple-A affiliate of Oklahoma football at this point, right? Yes, and Texas State is your double-A affiliate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many portal players from Tennessee have you gotten over the past three years? Like five? Eric Gray, Key Lawrence, uh, you got an offensive lineman, you got Dejon Terry now, um, Wanye Morris is who I was blanking on there. That's at least four, and probably someone else that I'm forgetting about. From the 918, nice. dang, sounds like I should get married this summer. Yeah, do Eyeballs it. Go emoji. ahead. Go to do Vegas. It. Go to Vegas. Make it happen. Random random wedding. Just go marry someone random in Vegas. It's happened before. Shane in Newcastle well. says, as soon as my tomatoes come in, I'm going to gift Parker a fresh homegrown tomato so he knows what his life has been missing. Um, I'll, uh, bring Shane, the, I'll bring the salt and pepper if you, uh, if yeah. you do that. I actually grew up growing tomatoes, Shane. I'm from Nebraska. We grow things up there. And tomatoes, you know, it's a very, it's a very easy thing to grow. As long as you have cages. If you don't have cages, then it gets a little bit dicey. From the 918, Tennessee offered the farm to try to keep Terry, so why are we acting too good all of a sudden? Tennessee offered the whole farm, huh? A farm in the Smoky Mountains to keep Dejon Terry? Is is that what happened? Josh Heupel just offered everything to keep there, him? There 40 some, acres? There was some NIL involved. Mm. Interesting. Okay. You, you, you won over that situation. You beat the bag. I mean... Not to say that that doesn't happen, but beating the bag in any context is remarkable and deserves a tip of the cap. It's just the year of Bates. It, 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 are you the ready? Year of or, Bates. or the summer of Bates? You ready to call it the summer of Bates? <laughs> that, that won't rile up the text line at all. Did Key Lawrence come from Tennessee? Says Sooner, sooner Todd. Yes, yeah. that did happen. 
Um, okay, a couple of things coming up next segment. One, I'm going to need the help with the text line on this one. So we've talked about this defensive line class seemingly every single day for the past, what, five months, at least you know here or there at some point. Remember when we initially asked, like, what's the acceptable number of gets like, or, or, or signees across the defensive line? I'm just curious, like, now that we're a little bit removed from the Zadavian Sims fiasco, now that uh, Dominic McKinley has OU in his top six, you feel like you're in a good spot for Joseph Jonah Ajonye. I'm just curious, like, what that number is right now for the text line. What, like, what's the acceptable number for Todd Bates and co. to get this cycle on defensive line? And, and who are we talking about here? We're talking about David Stone. We're talking about Williams Winery. We're talking about uh, 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 Joseph Jonah Jonye. We're talking about Nigel Smith. We're talking about Dominic McKinley. Do I need to add anyone else in there? I mean, that's an easy five. I'm just curious if, like, the number's like two, three, where we're at with, with, with all that right now in terms of expectations. So, we'll get the text line's response on that. And, coming up next, just for you, Parker, I've got the hottest recruiting take that was sent on these airwaves yesterday, not by me, but by Teddy. Whoa! The hottest recruiting take that you've probably heard in several months. You want to stick around for this one, buddy. Buckle in. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? I see you on the app map, listening nationwide. Sterling Heights, Michigan is tuned in today. Coos Bay, Oregon. League City, Texas. Nashville, Tennessee. Newark, New Jersey. Columbia, Missouri. Boo! And our small town of the day, Kanawha, Oklahoma. I believe this is Kanawha's first time as the uh, Oklahoma small town. Yes, it is. We have a regular listener and texter from Kanawha, Micah. Micah from Kanawha. Do you know Micah? How do you How do you know that? No, I just know he's on the text line as oh. Micah from Kanawha. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Ref Army Locator, brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment, with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. So I'll get the current over-under on defensive line gets from the text line uh, here in just one minute, but here was the hot recruiting take that I heard yesterday from one Teddy Lehman on these airwaves. He told me, he said, okay, OU's got Jackson Arnold, they got Michael Hawkins, they got Kevin Sperry, three consecutive quarterbacks and three consecutive classes. He believes, even though Kevin Sperry is just going into his junior year, he thinks that not Jackson Arnold, not Michael Hawkins, but that Kevin Sperry is going to be the best of the three quarterbacks OU either has enrolled or currently committed in a recruiting class. Wow. I mean, dude, there is some high hopes right now for Jackson Arnold, maybe as soon as this year. Old Teddy, I, he he thinks that Kevin Sperry is going to be the best of the three. That's somewhat out of character for Teddy. I know. Is it's it? very out of character. He doesn't like to give anyone credit until they've actually done something at this level. This kid's played two years of high school football, and he's like, yeah, he's going to be the best of the three. He likes his throwing motion. I I don't know if someone on staff has told him this. I, I kind of feel like that um, could be the case as well. I think Teddy's watched film of him. But I wonder if someone on staff has told him this. I was just very, very shocked and surprised to hear that yesterday. Like, dude, I think that Kevin Sperry got a chance to be a five-star, but, man, that's a take. Now, look, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. 
Kevin Sperry is more polished and more developed than Jackson Arnold was at that age. Now, I, I the caveat is at that age, right? Because there's no telling how much more polished and how much more developed he can and or will get over the next two seasons before he enrolls at the University of Oklahoma. But, look, I think there's an argument to be made for all three of those guys to be the best of the bunch at Oklahoma when you try to project their future careers because Arnold is just an all-around fantastic football player and leader. Uh, the arm talent is special. The mobility is special. You saw it in the spring game. He's the complete package. Michael Hawkins, I truly believe that if we're talking sheer ceiling, Michael Hawkins has the highest ceiling. And the best and athleticism. And it's yeah. because of that athleticism. Yep, sure. Like there is no there is none of the three that can rival Michael Hawkins as far as his ability to make a game breaking play with his legs. Now, what makes Kevin Sperry special is I think in an overall sense, by the time he is enrolled and going through practices and playing ball at the University of Oklahoma. His his arm talent is already special. By that point, I believe he will have the best arm talent of any of the three. Yeah, that so, wouldn't be crazy, but it's a take, is it not? <laughs> it's a take with the way that Jackson Arnold, you know, currently, you know, looks like he could be a factor maybe as soon as this year. Yeah. Now, and he was a five-star. Yeah. So, I I think all three have their advantages over the others. And I think Kevin Sperry's advantage is pretty simple. It's that he's got a freaking rocket launcher attached to his shoulder. Pretty good place to start, if you ask me. At the quarterback position, yes. I think he's got a real chance to be a uh, real chance to be a five star in that twenty twenty five class. Does he does he have a chance to be the number one overall quarterback in twenty twenty five? Does he have a chance to be the number one overall player in twenty twenty five? We'll probably get a better idea of that in what a year's time. Yeah, most I would likely. say so. But I also think Kevin Sperry's rise is going to come later in the process. I don't think we're going to be having a conversation about Kevin Sperry being the number one overall player in the 2025 class in six months, for instance, because I think much like Arnold, he's going to have to do a little bit more on the camp circuit and maybe at the Elite 11 and certainly on the gridiron on Friday nights to be able to overcome some of the natural concerns that will arise about his stature. Sure. Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. All right, let's see what the text line has to say. What does uh, success look like with this, this uh, D-line class? Dylan says, I'd be happy with two of these defensive linemen. Also would be happy if we just got David Stone or Williams Winery. All right, let's just start there. Would you be willing to call this a success, Parker? They miss on JJA. They miss on Nigel Smith. They miss on McKinley but they get maybe the two highest-rated defensive linemen in Stone and Winery. Did those two in <laughs> itself make it a success? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And anybody who says otherwise is kidding themselves. Uh, if you get two of the top five players in the country, it literally does not matter who else comprises your defensive line class because those dudes will be day one contributors. 708, JJA, Nigel Smith, David Stone, and a late wild card, Good Val. Uh, let's see. We need a bare minimum two top studs to keep on pace for that SEC-compatible lineup. Then add a few other four stars, get three to four total with what's in the cupboard. That's from uh, Sooner Studi, I think is how you say that. Um, let's see. David Stone and any other guys would be great, says Jay in Tulsa. Sooner Todd, we need at least three. 
And so yeah, okay. So I think most people are saying get get Winery Stone, and if it's not another five star, okay, like a really good eval three star or another good four star, and and you're good. Well, I, consider this: over the next two weeks, Miguel Chavis is going to host Williams and Winery, Nigel Smith, Zena Amozalu, Jay Sean Ross, and Wyatt Gilmore on official visits. I can promise you. He's getting at least two of those five. I would bet on him getting three of those five. So, if that's where you're starting, if you're just starting with those five names, I don't feel like you need to go further down the board for a late eval. I don't think the Sooners will have to resort to that this time around. Yeah. I don't think they'll go and they'll have to go and scrounge up a Taylor Wine and go through mountains of film in order to find somebody that flashes onto the scene as a senior. And that's no knock on Taylor Wine. He's a good football player, and he's got a bright future at Oklahoma. But if he were class of 2024, I don't think he would end up at the University of Oklahoma because I think by the end of July, Oklahoma will have all of their edge rushers slash defensive ends either committed or on the precipice of publicly committed. Well, I'll get to more of those texts, but the, the the big news today in OU defensive line recruiting is five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, dropped the top six. Now, McKinley, you've heard us talk about him. He's really good. He's a five-star, six foot six, 270 pounds. Top six is OU, Texas, Ohio State, A&M, Georgia, and LSU. So anytime I see... A highly ranked kid in Louisiana with a Louisiana offer, an LSU or excuse me, an LSU offer, and LSU's in the final six. Well, you know how I'm always going to feel about that one. The way that most people feel about it, it's 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 hard to get it's hard to get elite players out of the state of Louisiana. What are OU's chances to do and so? Like they have a chance, they have a puncher's chance. But this is the huge wild card. I've made it a point not to spend a whole lot of time talking up Oklahoma and Dominic McKinley because any way you slice it, it would be a watershed development if the Sooners were able to pull Dominic McKinley out of Louisiana. So if they get him, great. Let's please not act like it's a referendum on Todd Bates or it's somehow a disappointment if they don't get him because that should not be your expectation. It's an elite kid from Louisiana. You should not expect that Dominic McKinley is going to end up in Oklahoma. Now, it would be one of the biggest recruiting pulls for OU in quite some time, man, to get a five-star defensive lineman out of the state of Louisiana, man. I mean, that would be about as big of a recruiting. I'm not saying he would be the best player they've gotten in a while, but that – Player at that position with that ranking with those offers, that would be that'd be a huge win. Because anytime we talk about an elite player from Louisiana, we seemingly always bring up the story that we heard what four months ago from uh, Urban Meyer, outstanding human being he is. He was on a podcast saying, "No, not the one where he said Texas has the most talent in all of college football." This oh, not year. that one. Okay. The one where he says, "Yeah, my recruiting coordinator." scheduled me a trip to Louisiana one time for like a five-star place. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are you wasting my time? Uh, you want me to try to go get a, a Louisiana kid with an LSU? He's going to LSU. Are you kidding me? It's just really difficult to get legit players out of Louisiana from LSU. But it'd be, be a heck of a win, that's for sure. Uh, from the 918, where do we rank with Nesta? At least in the top three, James Nesta, four-star backer, is down to three, four, two ten. It's Miami, it's OU, and it's North Carolina. Now, this is me kind of reading the tea leaves here, but it it really hasn't been a secret the last couple weeks that 
Miami, UNC, and Oklahoma were the top three, and those were going to be the final contenders for James Nesta. Oklahoma pretty immediately jumped into that top group of contenders as soon as they offered Nesta, and that's because he understands Brent Venable's history and track record when it comes to developing linebackers. I'm of the opinion that this comes down to Oklahoma and North Carolina. And I'm also of the opinion that whether or not Nesta ends up in this class, you will know by the end of June because either Easton Baker will have committed along with somebody else in the linebacker position or both Nesta and Easton Baker will have committed because I don't see Oklahoma taking more than two linebackers and I think Easton Baker is going to be one. You telling me this is an OU North Carolina battle for a four-star backer, Brent Venables and Mac Brown? Brent Venables versus Mac Brown. Hey, come on, James. We really love you out here at Chapel Hill. We got great academics. We got a great stadium, a great football and defensive tradition out here. Oh, James Nesta. <laughs> Don't lose a four-star backer well, to Mac, please. And, but, okay, but here's here's what you have to remember please. in all of this. Here's the other big factor. He's an outstanding baseball player. Yep. So it is not just about football with James Nesta. His future is arguably brighter in baseball than it is in football. So you're going to have to make a full-fledged two-sport pitch to the kid. And if he were to pick North Carolina, I don't want to see a bunch of hand-wringing, how how does you lose out to North Carolina for a linebacker? Blame it on Skip Johnson. That's what you're saying. That's that's (laughs) where you want the blame to get. Yes, crucify (laughs) Skip Johnson. Uh, Tony G says, spoke to one of Nigel Smith's teammates at Venables Camp, and they believe he's going to pick OU. He loves OU, but watch out for Ohio State. Hey, Parker, man, you look even younger in person. I saw you taking pics at the camp yesterday. Is well, that a compliment? I, like, I, I, I was about know? to say, I'm, I'm not sure how to take that. Huh. Appreciate you uh, I guess that's a compliment. Tony. It'll come in handy when I'm like 40. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it, Tony G, for the recruiting scoop. Nigel Smith's teammates think he's picking OU, but yes, watch out for Ohio State. Now, Topher B asked, so is Braden Platt a long shot for OU? No, 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 no. Not, not by a long shot. <laughs> I'd when, really like him in the class. Yeah, and many would. In the linebacker would. class, when you, really like when him. When you look ahead to the Champion Barbecue weekend, that's a huge weekend for linebackers because you have Easton Baker and James Nesta coming in, but you also have Braden Platt and Sammy Brown. Now, it kind of goes without saying that Oklahoma is going to take Sammy Brown. Regardless, that is the one scenario in which I can see them taking three linebackers is if, say, Easton Baker and James Nesta show up, they want to commit. Oh, he's like, great, come on along. But then it gets to the end of June, Sammy Brown calls Brent Venables, and he's like, I'm in. OU's not saying no. Before I tease this, let me just make sure because I tried to go on Rivals and find it and couldn't. I saw it on Twitter. You dropped a future cast today, correct? I did. Okay, all right. Parker dropped a future cast for... An elite offensive lineman today. Hmm. Well, if you don't already know, we'll tell you who it is coming up next and a whole lot more. Keep it locked in the ref. It's a Friday. Washington leading Utah 3-1 to in the Women's College World Series, bottom of the sixth inning. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Yeah, Parker put in a future cast today for Grant Bricks, four-star offensive tackle, six foot six, 270 pounds out of the state of Iowa. Uh, that'd be a nice get up front. I take that. I one. love this kid, Tyler. I, I firmly believe this is the type of prospect that could be a first round pick if he's developed properly under Bill Beatonbow, which I have no reason to suspect that he couldn't. Have you watched his film, Tyler? 
Uh, no, not yet. But okay, I will get to. around you to need it to. this weekend, I you promise need to. you. I will text you the link. Ooh, Grant Bricks' huddle is ridiculous. Is it in your like notes app on your phone? You just have a link to it that you can share at any time that you want? No, but I was, <laughs> I was talking to Michael Hawkins yesterday at OU's camp, and he was like, yeah, I, I, I know Bricks, obviously, but I, I ne- I've never watched his film. Is really that good? And I was like, yes, here, I'll text you a link. So I texted him a link. So I have the exact same link that I can text to you. Uh, Sarks Vodka, please don't tell me I heard that right from y'all. Tuned in late. We're not actually saying Sperry could be the number one overall player in 2025, are we? No, it's not. It's, I don't think he will be. No, I, I just, <laughs> no. I think that's a very long shot. Ohio Sooner, a guy with the name of Bricks from Iowa, guy is going to be an All-American. Yeah, that's true. B-R-I-X, too, which is a he's, the cool way. He's such an interesting kid, too, because he's just like the epitome of the Iowa farm kid vibe. He hasn't tweeted in a month and a half. Tyler. Oh, love like, that. This is Brent Venable's dream right well, here. Huh? And not only that, but get, get this, get this. His family handles show cows. <laughs> so, yeah. we're, talking we about a, we're talking about a farmer strong dude here. He was. T- I was on the phone with him yesterday, and he's telling me about what his day looks like with the cows. And he's like, going out to feed them and shovel manure and just take care of all the various barnyard type stuff every couple of hours, mm-hmm. every single day. I think some people just have a new favorite uh, recruit in the twenty twenty four class. He also apparently works with. So his summer job outside of dealing with the show cows is working with one of the farms that provides rotisserie chickens to Costco. Oh. So next time you purchase a doing rotisserie the chicken doing the at Costco, work. just know you are direct, directly contributing to OU's efforts to land grant I breaks. think rotisserie chicken sales in the state of Oklahoma are probably going to go up by about 40% this month after you said <laughs> that. Anything to contribute, right? Anything. He's got to have a rotisserie chicken NIL deal when he gets to Norman. Maybe well, or a... Maybe they'll just start selling rotisserie chickens at the stadium now. I don't know. And again, his last name is Bricks, Tyler. The NIL opportunities are endless here. But he was supposed to be at Notre Dame this weekend for an official. That's not happening. What's going on right now, basically, is his first official visit is going to be to Oklahoma next weekend. He's then taking OVs with Kansas State and Nebraska. And he's sandwiching in what I'm told is an official visit to Alabama, but he doesn't have an offer from Alabama, hmm. and he hasn't yet talked to Nick Saban. So that's a that's a weird deal. Regardless, I'm not convinced Alabama is going to be a big player for Grant Bricks anyway. Because when I went up there to Logan, Iowa, in January to sit down with him, oh, Logan, what, Iowa, in January, Woo. yeah, it was. Dude, Did it they was put like, you to work out there. It was like a mud storm. It was like raining mud drop. I, it is weird. It was a weird deal. It was very Midwest. But anyway. Uh, I'm sitting down with him, and, you know, we, we had probably a 45-minute to an hour-long conversation. One of the things he told me was, I only want to be so far from home. And he mentioned Oklahoma specifically as probably the school that was about as far away from home as he was willing to go. That's part of the reason why he never really took Michigan State seriously, despite the fact that he got the offer and has a lot of family ties to that university. So I'm willing to bet on Oklahoma over Kansas State and Nebraska here. Uh, I do. If I'm worried about anybody there, it is Nebraska, just because you know he is a real quiet, real down to earth farm kid, mm. and so 
if he gets to the end of the process and he's like, you know what, I don't really want to stray that far from everything I've ever known here in Logan, Iowa, well, Nebraska kind of becomes the logical choice because it's just an hour down the road. I was hoping they put you to work, man, when you went all the way up to Iowa to interview him. And how about Kirk Ferentz, man, starting to strike out on these uh, highly ranked offensive linemen okay, from well, the state? You know, to be fair, he's got basically everybody else in the state of Iowa in the 2024 class. He had four of the first. He had four of the top five prospects in the 2024 class committed by the end of their junior years. Lost out late. Was so, a five-star offensive lineman. He lost out late to to Bama last Caden year. Caden Proctor. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But now Grant Bricks never really seemed like he was all too eager to go to either Iowa or Iowa State, those in-state schools started to fade probably around March, I would say. And it's been OU and Nebraska kind of heading up the field ever since. So this is a Brent Venables versus Matt Rule battle, or more specifically, a Bill Beatenbow versus Donovan Riola battle. Hmm. Donovan Riola's already 0 for 1. Let's hope the uh, streak continues, huh? Georgia's got a huge recruiting weekend coming up. They have five five stars coming in. Dylan Riola, five star, will be in. Ellis Robinson, five star corner, will be in. Dylan Stewart, five star edge, will be in. Ryan Wingo, five star wide receiver, will be in. And then two of the best defensive linemen in all of college football, Justin Scott and then Williams Winery, will be in Athens this weekend. Yep. Any big takeaway that he's going back to or he's going to be back in Georgia this no, weekend? No, I, I, so I expect Ryan Wingo to end up at Georgia. Uh, that relationship with Dylan Ryle is really strong. But, no, nah, I, I think it's too early to be uneasy about Will Nguyenary and Georgia at this point in time. If you're worried about anybody, it's Tennessee and Oregon. KW918 says, while Parker keeps funneling money and funding A&M via Bucky's, ridiculous. I plan on eating rotisserie chicken from Costco go. for there the next month. Go. All right, team player. Hashtag team player. Thank you, KW918. At least someone gets it around here. At least somebody does. Oh, here's a text for you. Mm-hmm. Will JFA or Hawkins follow Levy to Missouri when Drinkwitz gets fired? Uh, look, I, I I don't think Jackson blanking Arnold has aspirations of playing for the Missouri Tigers. Neither does uh, Michael Hawkins Jr., so neither of those, please. Which, hey, that's the only good thing about the eight-game SEC schedule, Parker, is maybe, just maybe, we won't have to suffer through an OU-Missouri game in 2024. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that that's not – my hope is – is that 24, they, well, I guess either way, they're going to play him at some point in the future regardless. I'm just hoping in 24 we don't have to see him. If we do, if we got to do a pregame show from outside Faro Field not in doing it. 2024, Tyler's just going to be angry the oh, whole time. Hey, well, like, yeah, not even irritable, we'll, just We'll have plenty angry. of room to do a pregame show since <laughs> one of their end zones is grass and a giant rock M. Yeah, what an impressive football program you have when one of your end zones is a giant grass area with a bunch of rocks that have the shape of an M. Mm, yeah, that's a big-time program. i tell you what, my, my favorite SEC rivalry is Tyler versus Missouri. Well, it's it's not going to be much of a rivalry. It'll be one-sided, I promise you that. Ross, the kid from Louisiana, says, I'm greedy. I want Stone, Williams, and Smith. Yeah, that would round out. A oh really no, wait, good. that was Eric in Dallas. He was also talking about Ross, the oh, kid from Louisiana. Okay. I, I believe he's referencing Jay Sean Ross, who is actually from Missouri. But uh, yeah, Jay Sean Ross, another guy that's coming to OU for an official visit later this month. Uh, by the way, yeah, some of you, some of you didn't tune in at the uh, front of the show. Dejon Terry to OU, um, six foot four, three hundred twenty pounds, nine starts at Tennessee. 
Nose tackle, I mean, he's going to be an interior guy. Does he have a chance to start? Yes. Is it an automatic no? Do I think he's going to have a very good chance of at least being in the rotation? I don't think he comes here without that thought. I'm not saying that he got promised that, but I think, yeah, Dejon Terry looked at the roster, looked at the situation and said, y'all have a good chance to play right away, and I think that's a big factor of why he's going to be at OU next year. Uh, Two years of eligibility, so... Nice get by Todd Bates. Nice get. Because you said earlier that Tennessee really wanted him back, and they made some offers to really show how much they wanted him back next year. Correct? Todd Bates beat the bag, people. Todd Bates Mm. went head-to-head with the bag and won. So currently, (laughs) the scoreboard reads... Todd Bates won, bag won. In the month of June. You're now even. You're now even with DJ Hicks. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Back one final time on Locked In coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Brent Venable's football camp rolling on today and into the weekend. Is there like one big storyline that could happen or that will happen or that you're looking for this weekend? Is it more about offers that could go out for the 2025 class? I guess what's what's the big storyline for, for the big weekend in Norman? Uh, or is there one? There may yeah, not be I just, one. I don't know that there is a storyline that stands out. I mean, there are a few offers that generally go out – during or after the elite camps. Just saw one go out yesterday to Brock Boyd, 2026 wide receiver out of South Lake Carroll. Really like that offer, by the way, because I was a big fan of his older brother, Brady Boyd, who probably is a big portion of the reason why Quinn Ewers was the number one player in America in his recruiting cycle, because Brock Boyd made Quinn Ewers' life very easy. Because, I mean, look, I'll be straight up with you, Tyler. Uh, or I'm sorry, Brady Boyd made Quinn Ewers' life very easy, because... He's a he's a white kid uh-huh. who runs a sub four four. So obviously, like in the state of Texas, you're lining up opposite a white receiver. You're not thinking this dude's about to blow right by me, and then effortlessly. He does. And then he does. And like there were so like there were so many occasions where Quinn Ewers didn't even have to be on target with the pass. Brady Boyd just beat his man by that wide of a margin that it was a well, walk-in touchdown. sounds like Texas made the wrong portal ad. They shouldn't have signed A.D. Mitchell. They should have signed uh, Boyd. But where did Brady Boyd go when he hit the portal from Minnesota? He went to Texas Tech to play for Emmett Jones. Interesting. Hmm. All right. We'll keep an eye on that one then. 2026, that uh, could be a nice get. 918, Eli Drinkwitz and Neil Brown, future OU analyst. I'll take some Neil Brown. Eli Drinkwitz would just be trying to make funny uh, – Ridiculous comments the entire time. What did Neil Brown that said Nick Benita for Nick yes. Benito? Yes, that was Neil Brown. Neil Brown and his Lego hair. <laughs> it really is. It really is some Lego hair. Uh, Dejon Terry to OU. Philip Paya. Uh, still a take on the defensive line from Utah State. I, you know, a lot of times in recruiting, once OU gets a commit, we say, well, does this impact this guy's decision? I don't think that this impacts Philip Paya's decision. I, I think that he probably, if I had to guess, still commits to OU. Yeah, that would be my belief as well. And the more the merrier at defensive tackle because if Seriously. I said it once, I've said it a thousand times, you don't have any studs, so you might as well just accumulate a stable for, full of horses and the odds are greater 
in that case, that at least one of those guys breaks out in a big way in 2020. Josh Wallace, corner, uh, two-time team captain at UMass. Uh, what, OU's in a battle with Michigan and Virginia Tech here? Feels like an OU-Michigan battle. Um, I'd be surprised if Virginia Tech makes a run there. Although, Virginia Tech did make a pretty strong run at Troy Everett, surprisingly enough. They so did lose that one. Far be it for me to completely rule the Hokies out, but it does feel like it's going to be OU or Michigan there for Josh Wallace. You know, there's been a few names throughout this portal cycle that maybe at one time we said, yeah, I mean, it'd be a nice get, but I don't know, man. I don't know about OU's chances. And then they end up pulling it out, right? Walter Rouse actually committed to Nebraska. Um, Kayla, you, you just mentioned the, the Virginia Tech ordeal with your uh, offensive lineman from Appalachian State and now DeJon Terry. So I'm not saying, you know, form your entire p- opinion on the staff based on that, but there's at least been three instances of this offseason where we said, not nah, maybe not looking good, and they figure out a way to get it done. So it's something when it comes to the portal. By the way, on the, uh, <laughs> on the topic of James Nesta, who released the top three of Miami, North Carolina, and OU mm-hmm. today. Just got a DM from Caden Helms' mom, who is a loyal member of the KREF Army, and she said, Miami, North Carolina, and OU were in our top three as well. OU got to have this in the bag for sure. Ooh. Well, get her to uh, So help, there you go. You know, get Caden to help out on the recruitment here. There you go. Mama Helms has officially submitted her future cast in favor of <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma for James Nesta. <laughs> yeah. Put it on rivals, please. Put it on rivals. Because I saw the future cast you put today for Grant Bricks. I'm like, okay, let me make sure. Go to rivals. They didn't have it up yet. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot and just couldn't find it. That's that's honestly probably the most likely scenario. Mm, but I I think it's probably rivals' fault if I had to guess. All right, I'll absolve you of blame. There. Washington uh, just beat Utah four to one. We'll be talking softball, football, a whole lot more in the rush. Keep it locked in the ref.